Hello, and welcome back to the Shadow Work Library. I'm Jessica DePazzi, and for the next at least 50 shows, I'm going to take you through this series that covers the spectrum of negative patterns in the human experience. Hi everyone. First off, I want to apologize for the poor audio quality this week. My good microphone just broke this morning. I'm not even sure how that happened, but I'm going to be recording here now on my earbuds until my new one comes in. So hopefully it's not too distracting. I think I can clean it up in post, but it might still be a little echoey. Anyway, this week we're going to be getting back into our regular shows covering one of the 64 shadow and gift transformations. And today I'm going to be covering one that's long past due but also pretty timely. I'm going to talk about how selfishness comes up for most of us. And it's not all Scrooge McDuck or Wolf of Wall Street like you might imagine. It's actually a lot more subtle and really fascinating. It's all about balance, or in this case, the imbalance of giving and taking. Such a great topic as a lot of parents are navigating a very different back to school experience and so many people are now working from home. So that balance or maybe more accurately, the illusion of balance that we once knew is needing to be rejigged a bit. So let's get into it. Now, to understand the root of the purpose of why selfishness exists in us, we need to understand one of these fundamental laws of the universe that has a lot of names and different identifications just based on different contexts. The ancient hermetics would call it the principle of rhythm, which states that everything flows in and out. Everything has tides, all things rise and fall, and like the pendulum swing that is life, it manifests in everything. And the measure of the swing to the right of the pendulum is also the measure of the swing to the left, and that's when rhythm compensates. Deepak Chopra has a principle that he made a little bit more relatable for us, and he calls it the law of giving and receiving, meaning at a super basic level, if you want to receive more, you need to give more. From a biological and planetary perspective, this law governs our weather patterns, like the push of an earthquake somewhere causes a tsunami in another part of the world, or the moon's gravitational pull. It causes the earth, it's, you know, the earth being six times more massive than the moon and hundreds of thousands of miles away, it causes the earth to actually bulge out of the side closest to the moon to create the tides. Another example being Living creatures, they die and they become food, more or less, for other living creatures. And that cycle of giving and receiving creates this rhythm of life to thrive and progress. And so you can see that the world we humans experience and the little bacteria and the giant cosmos, we all play by this law every day, whether we know it or not. We're all giving and receiving in literally everything that we do all day. And so by understanding the law of rhythm, We can acknowledge here that receiving and giving are amoralistic. Neither are good or bad. They're just a flow in one direction or the other. But the issue arises when we do too much of one than the other. And that goes for both giving and taking. Now, the reason why we might do one more than the other, like we humans may receive or take more than we give, it's theorized that we do that today because we're survival machines. And in order for our gene pools to survive, there were some, you could say, selfish acts that were played out in our ancient, ancient past that replicated exponentially throughout the ages through our DNA and have created 
current day humans to be takers more than givers. There's a book called The Selfish Gene written by Richard Dawkins in the late 70s, which explains this theory. I'll give you a few examples of how this works. There are two cavemen who are tasked with providing food for their families. One of these guys goes out into the jungle to find some food and he leaves his home, his dwelling, whatever it is, unattended. And there's food in there. And the other person, the other caveman here, decides it would be easier and more efficient to just steal the food from the other guy while he's gone. And so he does that. So that's selfish act number one. Caveman number one comes back to his place and sees that he's been robbed. Now he's a couple choices. He can be like, screw this. I'm going to do the same thing to somebody else. Why work so hard at gathering my own food when I can just steal it from somebody? That kind of makes sense. Or he starts hiding and hoarding his food and he's very suspicious of the other people in his tribe and he doesn't share anymore and he becomes selfish in his own way. So that's selfish act number two. And so whatever encouraged caveman number two to steal, that coding within him is replicated throughout his lineage along with the lessons that he role models for his offspring and so on and so on. And for that second, that first guy, you know, he either evolves with the times or he just keeps leaving his food behind. He keeps sharing what he can get, but he can't sustain his life or his family in that way as he's getting stolen from. And so his gene pool could die off if he's not providing. You know, the last example sounds kind of silly and less likely because we're programmed to survive and reproduce. It's the same reason why people who decide not to have kids get such like repulsed reactions from the vast majority of other people that they might tell that to because we're programmed to have children. So, I mean, it's good in a way that certain people have those reactions. Otherwise, we might go extinct. But obviously, that isn't the situation that we're in right now. And that's the whole thing with this. We're living a different reality. So you can choose to not have children. And that's totally okay because we're not going extinct from a lack of reproduction anytime soon. And taking more than you receive or more than you need isn't needed anymore either because our realities for most of us in this Western world don't require us to find food every day and to survive winters or in my case now that I'm in Arizona, hell on earth summers. (laughs) You know, we're not worried that we're not going to see the next year because of a lack of resources. So the author Dawkins says that these bits of coded information like inherent selfishness, are immortal. They live on through offspring. But if that body dies or that lineage dies off, the coding dies off with it. And so you could say that we're all like descendants of successful ancestors in the sense that they were successful in living and reproducing by perhaps any means necessary. Now today, most of us aren't stealing from our neighbors or knocking up as many women as possible to spread our seed. But We're overtakers in other ways. We collect these big homes that are a lot larger than we need them to be. We create so much trash and take from the environment without really thinking about it. And we're constantly thinking about how to make more money, even though we could live lives, much better lives, if we made different decisions about how we lived and what we prioritized. And along with allegedly having this so-called selfish gene, we're also grooming our kids to be consumers and takers Um, and collectors because of the way we've built society, myself included here. This is me with one foot on a soapbox and one foot also wanting to live a life that's somewhat normal by today's standards. 
I mean, I do, I take pride in having a mostly zero waste kitchen, which takes an incredible amount of work and sacrifice, but also you should see my medicine cabinet. I have one of those infamous Korean face care routines. It's like 20 steps and everything is in plastic and shipped from the other side of the world using up God knows how many resources so that my face looks kind of okay. (laughs) So I'm no preacher here. The point is we're somewhat wired to be selfish, but again, it's not bad. It doesn't make you a bad person. And from a biological perspective, it actually makes us really good at creating more humans and getting what we need. But because we've been so successful at it, there are a lot more people on earth, way more than when cavemen one and two were being jerks. And just because of the sheer numbers of people that are here, we're creating these crazy imbalances that are coming back to haunt us because of, again, the law of rhythms are taking pendulum as a species is swinging super far to one side. And so the rest of the beings in our in our world are needing to give up and sacrifice more than we might realize. Now, I'm not taking a political stance right now. Uh, This is, in my opinion, so much more important than identity politics. This is a one human family, one animal, human planet family issue. Because even if you don't care about the health of the planet, and I get that it's really, really difficult to care about it when we have so many other things that we're dealing with in our own backyards, The problems are now showing up in our backyards and we're being asked to address them. So while experiencing selfishness once in a while, like all shadows, is archetypal and not necessarily personal to us, you know, it's just one of those shadow elements of being human. The mission is to be more altruistic, and that is a deeply moral one. So that's how selfishness can show up for humans as a race. But within our own families and our own communities, the opposite can actually be true. The shadow of selfishness showing up for the repressive or the shame type person can manifest as too much self-sacrifice and giving to other people without any natural sense of your own boundaries. This can lead you to being taken advantage of or feeling resentment for the people who you care about the most. And instead of giving from your heart, you're giving out of a sense of guilt. And because the energy behind this giving isn't really from a high vibrational place, the recipient of this giving can only really respond with a similar low vibration, which is why you might not feel any real gratitude from them in return. Giving in this way ends up doing more harm than good because giving out of a deficit wears down your emotional state and your health, and that leaves you in really no state to be the nurturing human that you want to be. For the blame type of person or the reactive type of person, you might have a tendency to give so much of yourself again, but with conditions or expectations of receiving something in return. And just like the repressive person, because you're not actually giving from a high vibrational place, the recipient that's taking from you and receiving from you is receiving with this sense of distrust and maybe suspicion. And again, without any true gratitude. And when you give like this and you don't receive back what you expected, anger can start to generate within you. And that's when you might lash out at people that you care about the most. So what do we do about all of this? The energetics of the shadow of selfishness transforms into altruism through compassion and understanding that every selfish act is harmful to everyone. And again, that means giving more than you can or giving with expectation or giving out of guilt and taking more than you need to because everything and everyone is interconnected. 
But your ability to feel compassion and to be really, truly altruistic, it's only as powerful as your awareness of what your higher purpose is. Okay. And what a question that is. What is my higher purpose? Isn't that the question these days? (laughs) We're not schooled to find out this answer. Unfortunately, most of us have a midlife crisis before we figure out that our higher purpose is actually much bigger than providing for your family. And this is why so many modern people are searching for something and are so unhappy. It's the sense of purposelessness, selfish acts, taking more than you give or giving from a place of guilt or expectation that leads to purposelessness. And I mean, it seems like it should be enough for us to be good parents and to give everything we can to our kids. But as we can see, just the environment and the people that we know, and even maybe ourselves, there are so many uninspired moms and depressed dads who are trying their absolute hardest to give their kids what they need. And so maybe that's not enough. So the key to finding your higher purpose is actually to look at the reasons why we're unhappy and to go into the shadow. And because traditional religious institution is more or less crumbling away or it's just not popular at the moment. It's an interesting time for us because we can learn about ourselves on our own terms without being told how to do it. This is both a sort of dangerous, but also liberating time, really, depending on your level of self-awareness. But again, so many modern people are seeking answers to how they can feel better, be happier, have more peace and groundedness and also adventure all of these desired feelings, but aren't getting what they need because they're not willing to dig into the dark places to find out what insidious bug is eating all their roots. This is why many people who feel the most pain and suffering are also the most purpose-filled people. They're turning their mess into a message. And in investigating how the darkness in them is brought to the light and acknowledging it and accepting it and embracing it, then working with it, not against it, they can share that message with others or help others come into the light that are struggling with that same thing. And that's altruistic purpose. That's having a higher purpose. And that can give you a clue as to what your higher purpose is. And that can be as obvious as becoming a counselor, but really it has nothing to do with your job. It's more like the essence of your purpose that you put into every interaction. So if you're a landscaper, There's a landscaper, there's this guy that has struggled his whole life with loneliness. And in the context of this shadow of selfishness, it can be giving too much of himself to his family and his friends and his clients to a detriment, like expecting that they would reciprocate with love and gratitude and conversation, feeling of presence and community that he can't or has a difficult time conjuring up on his own. And in diving into his shadow and wanting to be better for himself, and other people who may struggle with this, his form of giving and of his higher purpose could be to encourage people to create communal or conversational places in their yards. You know, as a landscaper, he can help people create fire pits or community gardens, or he could just exude this really amazing energy when he's talking to his clients so that they feel really seen and heard. You know, those kinds of people who you meet and you're like, damn, that was awesome. That guy was awesome, so much so that I actually feel better about myself. (laughs) And the rest of your day is just that much better. That's a good example of how you can put your higher purpose into everything that you do without burning down everything in your life and becoming a life coach. 
So again, this is all about giving and receiving from the heart. Now, something else to think about is that you really can't give of yourself if you're in a deficit. And I'm not talking about having a lot of excess time or excess, excess money to give away. If your body and your mind are at a deficit, you can't give from the heart because you're naturally in a shadow state. I have a really cool podcast coming up next week with Brandon Powell, who is a genius student of life. He coaches people on breathing and movement patterns so they can give from a place of abundance regardless of external circumstances. And the way in which he coaches this breathing and something called cold therapy, it creates actually a super psychedelic experience. If you've ever sat with ayahuasca or psilocybin, you know that the lesson of interconnectedness is like front and center. And surprisingly, a lot of the conversation with Brandon was about our moral duties to be better stewards of humanity. And that feeling a sense of purpose and connectedness to everyone and everything starts with the quality of how we breathe, your actual breathing patterns. We've developed distorted breathing patterns as we've aged and experienced lots of stress and haven't voluntarily focused on breathing deeply and accurately that it keeps us in a high arousal state, which keeps us disconnected again from ourselves and others. So when you can breathe better, you can actually tune in better to how you really feel and you can access your shadow with more clarity. It's going to be a great show. I'm going to see if I can put it out a little sooner than next week, just because it's so connected to this lesson here. So when you can start transforming your mess into your message and the sword you wield out into the world. The interesting thing is that you can actually create also more time. The selfish day, it goes by really quick because you're not breathing and you're not doing the things that are really fulfilling you. An altruistic day actually moves more rhythmically and it creates more space and a better pace for you to experience life. There are so many gifts in the shadow transformation. An experience of more time, healing yourself and others and the planet, knowing your purpose, that's a good one. (laughs) So if you're drawn to this shadow and it feels really alive for you, that's super exciting because it means that you're a natural healer. You have the ability to become a fantastic gardener because you see the interconnectedness of everything. You have the ability to be a superstar parent who does parenting a lot differently than what what's expected of you because you see the depth of every interaction with your kids and how your actions will affect them 70 years from now. You see the depth of the words that you choose to say and don't say. You see the depth of what items you bring into your home for them and what that's teaching them on a subconscious level that will affect your lineage from seven generations from now. And while this is a lot of responsibility you know, to speak and act so impeccably all the time. When you're tuned into your higher purpose and you're breathing with purpose, it's harmonic and becomes more effortless. Despite putting in actually more work and intentionality into everything you do, the effort becomes less. Okay, so that is the shadow of selfishness, which transforms into the gift of altruism. On the next Shadow Work Library submission, I'm going to cover the shadow of dishonor and how it transforms into the gift of graciousness. So if you have a tendency to have a little less control over your emotional reactions than you want, and that can manifest in inappropriate or antisocial behavior, or you might, on the other hand, exude a very proper but false sense of character. Like on the outside, you seem very calm and balanced, but on the inside, you're 
hiding some hatred or resentments, then this is going to be an awesome show for you. As always, if you have any questions about what I talked about today, you can email me at jessica at the special forces experience.com or hit me up on Instagram at Jessica Depotzi, D-E-P-A-T-I-E underscore. Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe, but not too safe. And we'll talk again soon.